What is that? I'm a free man right but, now, uh, man. But, hey, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm doing, uh, I do comedy on the side. I'm a stand-up comedian on the side. Oh, are you? So I was actually, you know, after after do a few good shows, then let's get through a show on the car. Let's yeah, take out, that's cool. Hit the road, man. One, Manager. One, one of these days he's going to get one of those shows where everybody just like, yeah, Frankie. He's going to call home. Honey, I ain't never going home again. I'm a world Look, let's hit the road. Let's hit the road. <laughs> I opened up my closet. I had a suitcase ready. You're ready, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Check up in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bring us there, Frankie. Um, oh, <laughs> we recorded that. <laughs> you know I always do. You act yeah, surprised every single yeah, time. First of all, uh, baby, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is Frankie Chinook again with another episode of No Father No Problem. What's going on, Frankie? We're back here at the the lab. That I don't like calling it the lab. I just sounds dumb. No? Like we're uh, making meth in here or something <laughs> in my garage. We're making, gar- we're making magic, bro. We're oh, making magic. That's right. Hey, actually, actually right. you gotta say no homo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, uh, you know what I mean, man. All right, all right. And, uh, and our guest today is John Padilla with Vincent Entertainment. That's I, right. I, the reason I uh, over-enunciated that is because it's I, I was reading it Vencer and right. like a gabacho gringo, but it's Vincent <laughs> like to uh, overcome. Tri- or, triumph? Right? Triumph, yeah, that oh, okay. sounds good. Yeah. All right, all right, Vince, Vincent. He goes, hey, that sounds better. That sounds better. <laughs> I should have yeah. picked that one up. Triumph <laughs> Entertainment. <laughs> if this one doesn't work out, we'll use that one. <laughs> Well, they said, John, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah. this opportunity, man. Right. Thank this you for joining us, bro. Yeah, it's a great environment. Just hanging out with you guys. All right. Thanks yeah, for the beers. Hey, shit. <laughs> this is where that came from. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Uh, thank you for joining us on a, on a fucking rainy day like this, man. Not only is it raining, there's fucking the, the what's it say, bird flu. There's uh, the coronavirus. <laughs> coronavirus. Or, or, or there's the, a, the fear of the coronavirus. You know, the... the it's the insanity of it. Yeah, there, if you want to walk in, I had a muckle running down. You'd be like, oh, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> like those little baby kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bro. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm good, dog. I'll catch you on the next the, one. The inside yeah. of my car looks like I'm slinging water, bro. <laughs> I went and filled out all my bottle containers, my bottles, eight of them. And they're on my car because I was too lazy to unload them on my pad, you know? Oh, yeah. So, anybody wants one, $100. Right? <laughs> but I'm not slanging them. Up. You got to stock up. Just in case, man. You, you know what? Uh, we're going to talk about that later because uh, we, we, uh, we got, a couple, got a couple of things. Let's not lose track. Yes, know? sir. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, John, um, you are a comma start off a comic because that's a, you're a comic. I produce a comedy show. You produce a comedy show. Okay. Right. So Feeling that's just Friday. one step away from comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Not a comedy. I don't understand no, bro. No. No, Triumph. No. Yeah, <laughs> try. yeah, I don't understand it myself. Okay, yeah. You produce a, a comedy show... Uh, Documentary producer, correct. What else? What else is on your resume? Resume. Also a writer. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah, well, you yeah. got to be a writer. Is you're, you're right. producing, right? You got to put the. All right. Right. And you are producing a um, documentary about Hispanic Latino. How would you want to call him? Yeah, Joe Olvera. He's a Latino. He's a Latino. Okay. Because yeah. some people like, oh no, he's Hispanic or he's Mexican. Everybody's got. Uh, yeah. Everybody yeah. Has, <laughs> you, you start dicing it up. He's yeah. like from Boyle Heights. And, you know, he was from Boyle Heights. Correct. Went to World War II? That's correct. What can you tell us about this? Oh, man. Joe, he's 95 years old. He's oh, in sure. great health. I mean, his son, thanks to his son, Martin. His son, Martin, has been taking great care of him. Um, he takes him. He has actually moved in with his dad. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, not because he doesn't have a home of his own, but yeah. because uh, he's actually a retired music teacher. And he realized that in order to take care of his father best, it was, it was better if he would move into his old home. 
Yes, so he, he moved did. in. I mean, this guy's 65, and imagine moving into your childhood home. Yeah. <laughs> you go yeah. in the room, and, and your posters are still up. That's <laughs> right. Hey, <laughs> the Pharaoh Foss is dead. Yeah, 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 your, your, your sticky socks are still in the your back of the bed. Huh? <laughs> 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 but you know what? Hey, hey, I'm sure it kind of, it kind of hurt his... <laughs> So do you play golf? No. What's, what's with the big Bertha? Oh man! You know it's like a shot to the gut, but he had to do it, man. You know it's yeah. it's great that he he got he kind of bit his uh, his pride, you know. Yes. To take care of pops, man. You know. That's one thing I would be proud of to go back and, and go and take care of you know your parents. Just, yes. Well, yeah, moving in with my dad, but you know I'm actually there for him. You know. Yes. He was there for me when I was young. Right. He's older now, and you know, and then sometimes parents. They don't really need a lot of help, but sometimes they need that reminder, take your medicine. You know, little little things are that can yes. turn into big things later on. You know, they do. Or you fall do. down, you don't hear about right. it. So, yeah, yeah, no, I get it, I get it. And I mean, it's not only that. Martin, he's very, keeps his father very active. Takes him to all the therapy, cardiovascular therapy. They're doing, uh, he took him to do Tai Chi. Oh, nice. Something he's never done, something that we should be doing. I don't even do that. No. You know, he's thinking he's in better health than probably all three of us here. I, I think he is. <laughs> <laughs> if you can do Tai Chi in public, that is, you are in better health. You are. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> true. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, Joe's going to be 96, April 22nd. And um, it's so interesting with Joe because he doesn't consider himself a hero. You know, he went to World War II, but at the same time, he got drafted. It's not like he enlisted. You know, he's not waving that flag like, hey, you know, I went in and with all my machismo bravado. Like, hey, he was very honest. Hey, I got drafted, and it was time for me to go, and he got training. And on his last day of training, he got hit with the uh, shrapnel. Yes. And that was hard. That's a hard word for me to pronounce. Shrapnel. Oh, <laughs> sharp nose? Shrapnel. What, from a grenade? Right. So okay. the last day of training, they were using live rounds. And it just so happened, uh, the grenade went off, he got hit with the shrapnel, uh, the lieutenant got hit, he was seriously injured, and his buddy got seriously injured. And the only reason why Martin was able to walk away with minor injuries was the way he was holding his, uh, his rifle. The, sh- the shrapnel hit his, uh, the gun stock. Oh. If he wasn't holding the rifle in this position, you know, upright position, that just would have went through his stomach. It would have gutted him. Oh, yeah, man. he probably, and, and he very openly says like, hey, you know, I wouldn't be here now. Yes. You know, and he was, him and his unit was going to get deployed to the Philippines. You know, by this time, it was late 1942, you know, General Douglas MacArthur, you know, uh, they had a retreat. Yes. They were supposed to go to the Philippines. And what happened with Joe, because of his injuries, he got sent to India. He got mm-hmm. sent to Assam. Hey, can I add something there? Yeah. I read a lot of stories about uh, uh, Hispanics that were in the World War Two, in the South Pacific, a lot of them that spoke Spanish were able to communicate with the Filipinos with because mm-hmm. of Spanish, right? Because right, the Spanish. and they were able to communicate and, and yeah. better maneuver themselves through those, those jungles and stuff, you know. So it really helped out to be bilingual in those days, you know. Yeah. I mean, it helps out every day, you know. Yeah. But uh, I'm just saying, I read a lot of stories about that man. So it's carry on, sir. You <laughs> <laughs> just try to show off that you paid attention. You paid attention. He's like teacher, teacher, do my homework. I read one pamphlet. <laughs> I wish I had a gold star every yeah, time I that happened. <laughs> Hey, where's my trophy, man? <laughs> I need a gold mic, bro. <laughs> Sorry, sir, go on, man. No, yeah, so, um, yeah, so he got, and that's crazy, his buddies got deployed over there, his unit, and he has, you know, there's a, there's, there's a tragedy to every war story, you know, Joe's probably outlived 
I'm pretty sure over 95, 96% of the guys who got shipped out there. Yes. Oh, that's lowballing yeah. it too. Right, right, yeah. Right. I mean, these guys, they're, uh, I mean, I was looking it up, Wikipedia, you know, yes. thanks to Wikipedia. They have the figures, you know, like there were 60 million service members who served during World War II. I think there's like 150,000 left. So yeah. you're literally looking at like less than 4%, yes. you know, and, um, you know, that's something talking to Joe, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's very heartfelt. You know, yes. like everybody that I've served with, everybody that I know is not around. You know, he's one of the last men standing. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, wow, man, it's, it's you get a deeper appreciation for history and especially for Joe where he's at right now with his health and doing so well. And, you know, Martin, his son's always saying like, man, my dad's going to make it 205. You know, like it's like, man, and I see Joe, I hang out with them and I go to their house because, you know, as my job is just like I got to get the whole story out of him. And um Last time we were having wine and pupusas. And, oh, you know, Joe's having a glass of wine. I'm like, man, bro, I hope I can make it to 80 and have some wine and just <laughs> hang out. He's drinking wine. Another one? You pussy. Another one? <laughs> hey, 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 that, that's, pussy. Isn't, that, isn't that as Angelino as it gets? Yes. A pupusa yeah. and wine, yeah. you know? Yeah, bro. I mean, we, we are so intermixed in LA, man. It's yeah. cool, man. You can just mix it up and, you know, live it up, man. Yeah, I'm glad he's doing well, man. And I'm glad uh, he's sharing with you guys. Because they're a vault, a vault of, uh, of information that yeah. books don't tell you, you know? The yeah. old guys, man, you know? He got, so he got sent to um, Assam, India, and that's near Calcutta, and he was just, you know, he wasn't fighting. He was more taking care. He was assigned to the 25th field, um, what was it called? Not the hospital. Well, something like that. He was assigned there, and he was more there to take care of the facility. You know, and he was there making sure nobody, the water had a thing it's called quinine. That way nobody got malaria. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, that that was, you know, that's his story. That could, that could have been a, a blessing in disguise, right? You know, he got hit with the shrapnel, held him up, and he was in an area where there wasn't as much action, much combat, exactly. right? So right. you can see it both ways, you know? Right, yeah. right. But, you know, Joe has a crazy story. You know, Joe being Joe, he was a Boy Scout, you know, and he grew up in the Rancho Tambien. And yeah. You know, he was just like, uh, Calcutta is one of the bigger cities in India. And he said that he was around there and he saw a, a rug, but it was a tiger rug. So he was just like, I'm going to go in the jungle and hunt myself a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was that's, just like, okay, Joe, I'm listening, right? I'm just like, man, Joe, so did you get the tiger or what? I started thinking about Apocalypse Now, you know, yeah. the movie, you know, when they're going in the jungle. And, and you're like, no, I was plowing, bro. <laughs> <I was> plowing. <laughs> And he goes in there, and nobody wanted to go in there with him. Nobody. So there he goes, you know, being a brave soldier. He goes in there. He's just like, man, I almost got lost. The jungle is like nothing compared to the rancho. The, you know, it's a jungle. The, yeah. It's real thick. He's not like, it was hard just to get through there. He's like, as soon as I stepped in, there was a group of, uh, of, uh, of monkeys, of chimpanzees. Yeah. And they started attacking him. <laughs> they went straight after him. <laughs> he had to let out, you know, fired some rounds and crossed the river. He's all like, once I got into the river to get back, they stopped following me. No. Well, I was like, imagine that, dude. You go out, you're not, you're not in a combat area, and you know, you get a group of chimpanzees to take you. You almost die, you know. And, and you know what? When you go to combat and there's an honorable death, what is this called? You know what, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> where, where, they, where are they burying you and shit? Huh? You're at a zoo. There's a tombstone there. <laughs> 
Next to the exhibit. Next to the exhibit. What's the other cemetery where they bury you? Army oh, tin or something? Yeah, you don't even qualify for that, right? You know, they, all they gotta do is change the English a bit and it'll sound better. You know, it's not by gorillas, gorillas, you know? <laughs> but it's just uh, chimpanzees, bro. You know, just make it sound better, man. But hey, bro, but you know what, though, man? Their, their experience is insane, you know? Yeah. To be, to live in that era, you know, to know that it could all go downhill any day, you know? I mean, right. it was crazy, man. Crazy days, you know? You know, when you talk to somebody that's lived through all that and you're there across the table and, you know, you're taking notes, that's great information. But when he has a couple of drinks out there, and he's like, Y las viejas allá. Oh, Dios mío. Dice que es la mamá de este vato. You know what I mean? It's, it's, they, 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 because they, they come through some crazy shit over there. Yeah. I know there's probably, you know, a lot of drugs. It's war. It's no, war, you know? Yeah, you don't know if you're going to live another day. You know? Yeah, so exactly. That adds to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, being hi- Hispanic, uh, was there a lot of discrimination in there? Did he talk about that? Because oh yeah, you know, oh definitely, man. I hear they they weren't really welcomed. They they kind of shunned them away. So with Joe, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story first before we get into all that. Because Joe is Morenito, you know he's a you know dark complexion Mexican. You know you know we all come in different shades of brown. Yes. And, uh, when he was in India, you know they he blended looked, in. <laughs> right, he blended in, and they started exactly. He blended in. <laughs> And the soldiers, the Indian soldiers, were looking at him. How did you put on a U.S. uniform? Really? <laughs> They're like, "What kind of magician are you, bro? How did, <laughs> who do you know? Yeah. You know what I mean?" So they were they were totally surprised by him. You know, Morenito with the U.S. uniform. They're like, you know, the Indians. They're just like, "Oh man, how did how did you pull that off?" And Joe, you know. Joe's like, hey, man, I'm an American. I'm a Native American. <laughs> yeah. America. America. Uh, yeah, though, my, my son, man, in the summer, you know, he, he spent a lot of time in the pool. And when he grows his hair out, they call him Mowgli. Oh, he looks like an Indian kid, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's skinny, long hair, you know? Yeah. So that's why, like, skinny, dark Hispanics, you know, they look like Indian, man, you know? Yeah. Pretty much. Me, I'm out of the question because I'm fat as fuck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I look like a fucking genie, you know? Oh, then you'd be a god, right? Yeah. Pon, pon, ponle fruta, ponle fruta, mijo. Ponle <laughs> like, down here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what, man? Uh, I did a, I did a, I'm not going to say a lot of research, but some research. And uh, a lot of, a lot of their stories have to be known, man, because uh, they're, they're, they don't get depicted in regular movies, you know? Right. Regular American movies or Hollywood films, and uh, there's a there was over like half a million uh, Hispanics, Chicanos, whatever uh, right. you know the the different uh, categories of people might put them in right. that fought in the war that really never really get pointed out. Right. And there was actually the, uh, there was more than that. I mean, I don't. I don't <laughs> She was going to say, oh, you did your homework again. President Roosevelt, he had a thing called uh, the good neighbor policy, right. which uh, they didn't want to look down on the Hispanics or Mexicans. I think mostly because they need us for the war. <laughs> but uh, there were a lot of Hispanics were categorized as white. That's true. And my, That's very true. Uh, I mean, I have a family member from the other side, you know, my in-law side, right. that always, like, always showed off their birth certificate. Look. And I'm always like, nah, it, it can't be right because your credit's fucked up, you know? But it's like a guy joke, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like, they, a lot of Hispanics from those days got labeled as white, so therefore we'll never have, like, an exact number of how many Hispanics, Chicanos really fought in the war, man. So it was, 
it had to be way over half a million and we're you know we were in the trenches man you know we're you know uh, i tell our people like take pride that we're part of the fabric you know no that's matter right. what they tell you that's right we're part of the fabric right. whether it's war whether it's the building of uh, the infrastructure i mean right. we were there always you know so every take take pride in that you know you know we own this motherfucker you know oh, exactly yeah. exactly i think uh we don't our stories don't get shared enough seen enough and that's why for me i'm very motivated to do this documentary yes. you know because it's about us and it's us and it's about joe who's contributed to yes. american history and like what you said we are part of that fabric we are part of american history and we just got to film it and show it yes you know so i'm very proud of it i feel like i'm in a privileged situation where I met Martin and Joe out of luck. Yes. You know, and I had been working on other projects, and I was just like, I'll be damned if I don't film this project. You know, like, I'm going to bring this project to life. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it gets the attention it deserves. <clears throat> and and speaking on that with Joe, it's funny because he has all these incredible photos, and he does have when he registered, and he registered as white, five foot nine brown complexion, brown eyes, and black hair, and it's just yes. like, this, this guy's not white, <laughs> you know what I mean? This guy's far from white. If you enter that information today in the computer, it'll kick it out. It, it, when you toggle it down, those three combinations wouldn't be able to win. Like, <laughs> you put white, you can't do the rest of these, you, you know what I mean? Go back and correct, you know? You're lucky yeah, right. it, like it was paper, right? <laughs> I need a supervisor here to scan the badge <laughs> to get this, get this guy listed. <laughs> To override hey, it. Yeah, override it. Hey, um, did you get any uh, any resistance asking questions? You know, you go around and you might ask the wrong person questions. You know, you, you, know, you got your buddy and your, he's, you know, of course, giving you all the information. You go out to some white dude. He'd be like, no, fuck no. It was all Americans. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You ever get any resistance <laughs> from anybody? I mean, right now, the the project itself, it's, it's, a, it's not in that big scope mm -hmm. in terms of I've only interviewed so far uh joe his son martin and right now i'm gonna have the author dave gutierrez the author of um patriots from the barrio the only all mexican-american unit in world war ii mm -hmm. so it's um that's also a great book if you haven't read it pick it up i'm reading it right now i'm on chapter four uh, uh, where was <laughs> I? it was uh the core of that unit from like Chicago or no Texas Texas, Texas. Texas. Uh, uh, yeah. I got a, I downloaded a picture the one I sent you mm -hmm. and I, I eliminated all the part because it said Texas and stuff mm -hmm. but it's like a Mexican flag and American flag right and then they're showing a Nazi flag together like the Eagles and stuff oh uh, wow. I'll show you right now when oh we, okay when we take a restroom break <laughs> <laughs> well hey man you know what man uh, uh, I can't wait to get the book man I'm gonna get it now uh, yeah you could you could buy it on Amazon and what's crazy is I only came across that book because I was at Joe's house. Yes, on. I haven't. I mean, this is a book that should be shared with our Latino community and just the community at large. You know, it's a great book. Yes. And it's one of those things. I was, you know, you're doing a documentary. You you start absorbing a person's information, their house, who they are, what they're into. And I was just looking around, and it was sure enough, like in a glass cabinet. You know, and it just, off the corner of my eye, I was just like, what is that? I picked up the book, and I was just like, this is amazing. How come I haven't read this? How, you know, it's been out since uh, in 2014. And I just, thanks to social media, thanks to IG, the same way I reached out to you guys. I was just like, man, I got to, you know, I got to reach out to the author, Dave yes. Gutierrez. And, oh, wow, this is crazy. So, uh, I read, uh, like, this a, is amazing. I read, amazing. like, a small story about the book. Right. And it had to, it came along with that picture. Oh, you gotta send me this. So, so wow. I'll send it to you, and we'll post it along with the with the podcast. Oh, that's amazing! You know? Yeah, dude, you gotta send me that. 
But yeah, so that's one of those books that uh, when they walk in your house, it should be next to the Bible, right? No, really. really? <laughs> you want people yes. to ask about it, or just right. you know the the cat in the right. hat and that one right next to it. So, because I, I think that uh, you know they, the saying history is written by the winners, right? right? Well, the United States wants Mexico didn't win. That's why they don't include us in all those those stories, or they don't talk about the the, the Hispanics that helped out. You know, I just I don't. Really, or all the races in general. <laughs> yeah, the races, you're right. It's, all, it's right. all these blonde dudes doing everything. <laughs> but in reality, like, come on, man. Right. <laughs> we, we've all played ball. Yeah. That's great, With man. different races, you know. You go to a restaurant, and who's in the kitchen? Fuck it. I want to see who's in the kitchen. Same thing now. World War II. We all We all had our hand in there. That's how we got to oh, say, you know. Yeah. No, no, no giving credit all. Just we all had our hand in this, yeah. you know. And I agree to that, like, 100%, where it's like, we're at the point where we got to write our own history. You yes. know, if it's not being seen, if it's not being shown, that's part of the comedy show, too. You know, it's Beatleman Friday. It's, you know, very, uh, it's, it's you know, it's very Latino, or urban Latino urban Latino style. And it's just like, yeah, man, there's incredible talent out there. Let's bring them in. But we're not limited to just that. Yes. You know, but hey, let, let's bring us, you know, let's bring us all together, have a good time, let's laugh. And the same thing with the documentary, you know, let's, let's look deeper into our history and say, Man, what have we done? How have we contributed? Let's find yes. those stories. Yes. You know, let's bring that out. So, true. It, yeah. I think this is the best time to have a documentary like that because, you know, with the current president that we have right now, not, not a lot of people like Hispanics, you know, the way things are going. This is something good to have out there. Show them, hey, man, we were, we were part of this country, you know, back in 1940, you know, what, 40 to 46, 47? Right. The war. 1941, yeah, we, 45, 40, yeah. So we were, we were out here fighting this war for you, so don't try and kick us out. If we've been here since day one, how can you be mad at us? You, yeah. you're, you're, you're fucking with the wrong person, you know? So this is a good time to have something like this come out, you know, and have other kids and, you know, see that and be proud. So they could take pride in that because right. I'm telling you, man, there are a lot of people, um, they shouldn't. But to me, it seems like they feel disenfranchised, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not Mexican, but all of a sudden, every time I'm not American, like, what the fuck? Right, like, right. where am I? But these stories, it tells them, dude, you're part of this. Your ancestors are part of this, you know? We're part of this country, man. So these are the stories that really, like, you know, put some pride in their in their step, you know? Because they are. They, we're all part of this country, you know? For so, myself growing up, I had that identity crisis, right? Like, yeah, you know, my father's Mexican and... He got kicked out seven times from this country, you know? And I've always had anger towards that. Not, you know, just towards the government. Like, what? You don't like my family? You don't like my father? Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until I was 25, until I became a Teamster, you know? I organized the facility I was working at. And it wasn't until I got that jacket, you know? I got a jacket thanks to uh, Randy K. Mack. I had my name on it. I had the Teamster emblem. And on the left shoulder, proud to be an American. And that's for me when I had my moment. Yes. That's when I was just like, I'm engaged in my country. I, I know what it is to be American. These are my personal sacrifices, and I'm going to fight for them. It's the first time I've ever, I struggled with it throughout high school, through college. You know, growing up, like, man, I, who, where am I going with this? You know, there was a lot of anger, you know, yes. and just not knowing, like, just a lot of frustration. And it wasn't until that, until that moment when, you know, I did that and I was just, Self-determination. Yes. You know, I do believe in these American values about meritocracy where if you work hard, it will pay off, you know, and I do believe in self-determination and you can make your own future here. Yes. And it wasn't until I did that, I was just like, man, I feel great. Man, I know what this is. This is what it's all about, you know? All right. What local? Yeah. Local 63. 63. You're Frankie. 
And how we trust, man? Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> I'm not a teamster, man. I'm sorry, guys. It's all right. <laughs> hey, but he's a teamster wife. Oh, he's a oh teamster yeah, wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, let's say they vote a female president. I'm a mister. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. first lady or the first man. First lady. First gentleman. <laughs> the first gentleman of teamster. <laughs> well, you know, there's a word. There's got to be a word for that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> My wife. Oh, man. But, so that, you know that that feeling hopefully the more stories come out that feeling can be shared with with it's usually teenagers or young adults that have that feeling or or that angst like what the hell like you know like you know self-identity crisis or 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 just just being pulled different ways you know right and this you know tell them like dude like you know you're a part of this country man go get it you know right like this country man everything's out there for you but you just gotta First, you find yourself, and then you go get it. So that hopefully, this gives gives people like some leadway and stuff. You know, that's exactly right. Once you find yourself, I feel that you know you commit to it. You know, the good things are going to come your way, and yes, you, you'll discover your path. And, and to me, it seems, it. it seems easier, right? All oh, of it has. Like, right. Like you see your path, like all right, let's it go. It makes get sense. It. Right. Let's go get it. You know, yeah. that's cool, man. Yeah. What was that first step? What was that? That I got to do this. Meeting the guy, or this is just part of what you do. With the documentary? The documentary, yes. I was um, I was working on another project, and Martin, Joe's son, you know, he had showed up. I had I had a small um, art exhibit, and he was just like, oh, you know, he was just hanging around, and we talked for a little bit. He's like, oh, I got to go back and take care of my dad, and I was like, all right, cool, and then he started saying, like, you know, my dad's 95 years old. I was like, all right, cool, and he was like, yeah, my dad served in World War II, and I was just like, time out. That's literally, we had like a five minute conversation, and I was like, time out. Hey, what you like? That was way too casual. <laughs> right. He was just like, I was like, time out. And I was like, tell me more about your father, right? And all this information started coming out. And the fact that, you know, the fact that he's in great health and is able to remember all this stuff. I mean, yes. when you think, all right, I tell you somebody's 95. My image is first, like, you know, they might be bedridden or they might be on a wheelchair or whatever. But I was just like, dude, he's in, he's in great shape. He remembers his stories. He can recount his stories since he was a kid. And in my head, I was just like, I knew I was going to turn this into a project. Mm-hmm. As soon as he said his dad was in World War II, I just knew no matter what in my head, I was committed to the project. Yes. And it was, it was that. It was that. Uh, I, I run on my, emo- on my emotions. And I just felt like it was it. I, there was nothing that made me feel more confident or yes. anything else. I was just like, I'm going to meet your father. We're going to talk. And we're going to do a project. How did the, his father accept the idea? You coming over asking a bunch of questions and writing something about him. He had been interviewed before. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had been interviewed by the East Los Angeles Library. Okay. So he was already, he was already um, sharing his story. Okay. He was already sharing a story. And for me, it was more of a, how am I going to say it? You know, I don't, <laughs> it was more of like, all right, I'm going to share this story, but I'm going to take it a, fur- a step further. Yes. I'm going to turn this documentary and, and submit it to film festivals. And I'm going to do everything I can in my possibility to make sure it reaches 
as many beyond as, as many people as possible. You know, like this needs to be in Houston and Chicago and New York and Miami. And I say those because of the bunch of Latinos there, yes. you know, and but that's the truth. Like his story needs to be shared nationwide. And, you know, he served in India, you yes. know, maybe he'll go to Calcutta where he was at, too. You know, and I, I just knew that for me, I'm going to take it further. Yes. And we actually were very fortunate. We got to film on Veterans Day. We got to film wow. at the Pacific Asian that's Museum so cool. mm -hmm. and they gave us full access there was, so this is crazy. He's in India. The art exhibit, it was called Inside the Box, which was about a US soldier, an unknown US soldier who, who had taken amazing photographs of India while he was there. That was the art exhibit. Yes. And they just, both of those stories just came together. Connected, man. They just connected. Man. We got to meet the, the curator of the show, Thank you, Jerry. She just opened all these doors for us. We got to interview Veterans Day. We had the whole museum to ourselves. And it was amazing. It was an incredible interview. And the fact that here we have this unknown soldier who yes. took photographs in India. And here we have Joe who served in India. Here there are these pieces just coming together. How was, how was Joe's reaction to looking at some of those pictures? Because it probably took him back. It took him way back. Yeah. It took him way back. And he, the person he remembers the most, and I'm probably going to mispronounce his name. I'm sorry. You know, Abdullah, I think that was his name. Mm -hmm. he, was, uh, he was assigned to them, like, for the, for the, to help them out with the language barrier, mm -hmm. you know, as a translator. And he was just like, man, that kid helped me with everything. Yes. He's all like, when I think about India, I think about him first. Yes. I don't know. He's like, I would give him money. We, you know, we would hang out. But in his head, it was just like, I hope he's okay. Yes. You know, because he was, he was pretty much, he made it feel comfortable and safe for him. His, so uh, his that, name, that's his first memory. His name was Abdullah Shrapnel. <laughs> Abdullah Shrapnel. <laughs> Two right. names you can't pronounce. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> What a fool! What a fool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm proud of this word. I go. I gotta connect the two words. I gotta connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Call me. As the show goes on, we'll find a better name. Better name. That's a real name. Hey, but that's a soldier thing that never left them. You know, unselfish. You know. Yes. But man, that's cool. Hey, man. As as all these things keep connecting, is that like firewood to your program? That like I gotta keep going, man. It's like it's like adding wood to the fire, man. Like it's just like it, to me. I believe in science for everything. You know? <laughs> I don't. I, I'm, I don't I'm religious, yeah, yeah. indigenous, or you know, or uh, drink too much coffee and haven't slept for days. You know, where I'm hallucinating. Whatever it is, man. <laughs> to me, all this stuff is science, man. Like you yeah. can't stop. You know, you I, must you know keep going forward, man. It's, it's yeah, this this project, like any project, it's organic. When I'm doing a yes. documentary, I have. I have more or less a story and a structure you're going to follow, but at the yes. same time, it's it's going to grow on its own, and you got to be, you're not going to be prepared, you got to be willing. Yes. That's something that I've learned. You just got to be willing. The story's going to take twists and turns, and if you are not willing, then it's not going to grow, or it's going to limit some opportunities, so you just got to be willing. Yes. And I've been very fortunate to have that interview at the Pacific Asian Museum, and reaching out to the author, Dave Gutierrez, was also a blessing and also with the American Legion. I did not know Karen or the commander Sergio at from the American Legion. My buddy Pedro, who's a Vietnam veteran, yes. introduced them to me and they're like, just share them your story. Let's see what you get. I just talked to Karen and she was just like, I love what you're doing. Let's have an event here. 
you know, no cost, no nothing. Just let just bring everybody here. Let's do this for all the veterans who have served. Let's do yes. this for our community. And like these things just keep happening. You know, yes. they they just keep happening. That's cool, man. Um, as you move forward with this, um, I got a feeling you're gonna run into problems uh, finding people to interview. You know, because you like said uh, most of them are you know. Oh right, that's the way. You know, right. What well, where, where do you? see yourself getting information and interviews and, and, and whatnot, you know? Because you had your friend who, you know, you met and then you met his dad. You're going to be interviewing a lot of grandsons, a lot of sons of old veterans, right? I'm hoping that this project is going to be able to reconnect with a lot of those families, mm-hmm. right? I can't, I can't predict that. I can't say, hey, it's going to lead to this and that, but I'm hoping it does. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that Joe we'll find out what happened to his buddies yeah, that he yeah. served with. Yeah. For me, that's like, it's in the back of my head. I don't, even, I don't even speak about it when I talk to him. You know, that's something where it's just like, it's building back there. And for me, like, when that moment does happen, knock on wood, like, I'm going to feel like the greatest man on earth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to feel like, hey, Joe, if, if your buddy's still alive or his family's still out there, the connection has been made. You know what I mean? So I, I, the project is not at that level yet. I can't, you know, I would love for it to get at that level where there is this reconnection and, and Joe can talk to family members and share stories about the buddies that he served with, with the guys that he served with. I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to have some fundraisers coming up? Right. April? So exactly. Um, for the documentary, the plan is to raise uh, 15K. You know, we're shooting with, I'm working with my, with my good friends, Patrick and Stephanie. They have their own production company. It's called Concept 33. They're incredible uh, filmmakers in their own right. And um, a budget for, for a documentary, even though this is a short uh, documentary, the quality that we're going for, you know, we're shooting everything in 4K. I mean, we want this to stand out. We want this, we want this to perform well in the, in the film festival. So yeah, yes. you know, it, it, it requires a bigger budget. And that's something that, you know, I've talked to Joe and Martin, you know, they've been very helpful in raising some of the money right now to just pay for some of the film costs that we had, but definitely, and that's the best, you know what's fun about these fundraisers that you start sharing the story and it starts growing. Yes. More people start aware of it, and if it's, whether it's $20, $40, it's just like every little bit helps. You know, it's like a grass, it's a grass roots movement. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. And I almost messed up that word, too. <laughs> that would have been, been his middle name. Grassroots. Johnny Grassroots. Grassroots. Trap note. Rolls off the tongue. Oh, shit. Boy, if you have a hey, fundraiser you know, and you sell beer, I promise that will get drunk there. I pledge 100 bucks, bro. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he said, I'm going to hold you to it. And I'm going to get drunk at the fundraiser you have. And... Oh. <laughs> And it's probably more than 100 bucks. And beer consumption. <laughs> yeah, it's, the only reason we're holding back on the fundraiser, like I said, we're going to have the event April 19th. And, um, you know, the coronavirus, it is what it is. Oh, and yes. it, it's just a matter of um, you just learn how to kind of maneuver around things. Yes. You know, it's just like I'm re- I get really impatient, man, because I want to share this story with everybody so much. Yes. You know, it's just like, man, bro, I, I need to get the story. I need to get, and I'm excited about it. And it's just one of those things where, all right, take a step back, yes. breathe a little, homeboy, and then it's all going to work out because 
the story itself, I mean, sharing it with you guys yes. is just like a constant reminder, like, man, dude, it's, it's, it's fun, it's cool. In, you know, to me, uh, at least in, in my life, it seems like the bigger the hurdle, the bigger the reward. So yeah. keep going forward, bro. I mean, Thank you know, you, it's just, you yeah. know. Little little things, you know. Adjustments, man. Yes, little adjustments, adjustments in life. Yeah. You know, it's awesome, man. You know what? I, I don't know how that part of the business is. You know, we're just simple podcasters, and I don't know how that works. But have you ever thought of recording, you know, a minute, two minutes with Joe and just recording, asking him some questions, and then releasing that? Just put that on the hook, you know, it's a little bait so that people, because oh, right. hey, to, to see him say a couple of things, oh, you, know, definitely. And start, you know, and definitely. then all of a sudden you, you have a connection with the person, right. and now like, shit, I want to hear more about this, you know, like, right. you know, like, like, uh, like commercials, or, uh, or uh, you know, a movie, a trailer, right. I would love to see part of it that way, I think it would hook people in a couple of minutes. Oh, you know? definitely, yeah. we're, we're, we're getting the trailer together right now, what's, oh man, Joe has these incredible photos, right, before, he has the military photos, and he has the photos before before he joined the military, you know, and in my, you know, he puts them together and these photos are what, 1930s, mid thirties. Like I got history in my hands. Yeah. You know, my hands are trembling here. You know, I'm just like, I'm like, Joe, you don't know what this means to me. I'm a, I appreciate history. I love history. And I'm just like, dude, I, inside I'm, I'm, ex, I'm happy. I'm excited. But I'm also like, damn, this is precious. Nervous. You know? Yeah. I'm nervous. Don't, I'm don't just like, <laughs> I'm going through these photos, man, and it's just like priceless, you know. It's priceless, mm-hmm. it's priceless, and it's just like all these hurdles, you know, because there's been a lot of hurdles, and it's just like, dude, when you when you see these photos, it's just like it's all worth it. Yes, it's all worth it. It's 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 gonna it's gonna pay, you know, play out. And you're right, you know, we're we're working on that trailer. We got all these incredible photos, and it's just a matter of. <laughs> when's the right time for us to start doing the fundraiser yeah. you know because right now it looks like this uh, virus is going to put a hold on people working full time and yes. you know they're just going to cut back on some hours and the last thing i want to do is have this story and be like hey man i'm hitting you up for money and you just got laid off or hey man you know what i mean like bro yeah. yes <laughs> yes oh yeah yeah so, you, you know what the, this coronavirus is i don't think the coronavirus is nuts I don't think it's much a, it's not a big deal. I think they're making it a big deal. Right. They're making it more than it actually is. But with social media and the way things are, they're amplifying it a hundred times more than it actually is. I, I, I don't think it's, it's the, two months from now we'd be fucking laughing about it, all the stupid things that fucking happened. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I hope in two months we'll laugh about it and I can take all the extra canned food I bought <laughs> to the food bank, you know? <laughs> Did you do any extra shopping, Frankie? Uh, every time, uh, for the last two weeks, yeah. every time I, I, I would take a trip to the market, I would buy extra canned food. Really? And uh, I bought extra water containers. Okay, that's uh, smart. All, all like little by little. On the, you know, uh, I heard this, uh, this investor guy on, on the radio, and he, he's, he said every, every recession, he goes, we're going into a recession. That's when you talk about layoffs and all that. Right. He goes, it's almost, it's almost a done deal. Mm-hmm. And it, first he said, uh, every recession he says he doubles his his net worth. Wow. Because he, he buys everything at a discount. So he goes, so he goes, that's not my fault. He goes, that's your fault for being careless with your money. <laughs> he goes, two. He goes, he, he invests in a lot of pharmaceutical companies, and he goes, the pharmaceutical companies are giving them two scenarios. One, he goes, first of all, don't panic. <laughs> But he goes, well, the first scenario is what Chinook says. Uh, the, vi- the, the virus string we have here is like flu-like. Right. 
the it, so according to them it can't survive in heat Correct. so one reason they're they're postponing everything to like late april may because that's when the heat comes up in the country right so that it should be done with right it goes scenario number two is uh our this string adapts or mutates oh. and then we turn into italy and everything goes into lockdown and he said you think there's no food right now in the stores if that happens then it's gonna be chaos you know pandemonium because right. the, the country's gonna go into lockdown right because that string over there it's a little worse than what we have here you know mm. so he goes those are the two scenarios that are, that are that are possible but the first one the one that she was talking about is almost likely you know as long as everything stays under control it's gonna be flu-like the weather warms up everybody's done you know she would say we laugh about it I take out some drinks. I'll come back. Let's have some drinks. Take all the extra canned food to the food bank, you know? Yeah. All right. You guys heard it, right, folks? Frank has food in case something happens. Exactly. Don't panic. A lot of of water. You know what? I'll share the water from the pool. (laughs) Pool water? Hey, that's only kind of fucked up. Fucking pool water. That's bad. There's more people drinking water. It's good for the tea, son. It's good for the tea. I like chlorine in there, you know. <laughs> but but you know what? Don't panic. The 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 just every time you go to the store buy extra extra food that's non perishable, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of water, a lot of cup of noodles, and a lot of canned food, you know, <laughs> just in case, you know. Mm. But uh, yeah, so that's so that's the two scenarios that that do put out, you know. Okay. But he said seventy five percent is uh what Shnu said you know Dude, we should first uh, have yeah. you taken any precautions or just you're just fucking cool in the game hey, no I, mean, <laughs> I, I went to Frankie's house I, went, I bought more bullets <laughs> I, I, need, I need a bigger caliber bullet Frankie's a big dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll take that guy down I'll show you where he is later <laughs> hey don't tell nobody where I live <laughs> you already have not exactly but you know <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree with you. I agree with Chinook. Like, it's it's going to be, um, we're doing all the right precautionary steps now. Yes. You know, which we should have done, you know, a, a month, month ago. ago. And um, hopefully it's going to be one of those things where, I mean, come on. We all remember, was it over 20 years, that stomach flu that we all got? I felt like I died. I felt, I remember when that first started going around. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, you're you're vomiting, you're crapping, you're dehydrated. I mean, you're, it, just, it was one of the worst feelings ever. Uh-huh. I don't think this strand is gonna be even as powerful as that yes you know those were some scary times oh cool. yeah all, the, all the you had about when in your backyard was gone <laughs> was that, you know a little plant that grows by the water pipe that comes out of the ground there's those little things you had about when out there for the albondigas tastes like rust <laughs> everybody's got that everybody's you know, got that it, it adds to the flavor bro yeah you, you oh, know what the <laughs> When shit like this happens two weeks from now, we're going to be like, it, it, it all went away. You're going to laugh about it, and the president's going to go on TV and say, I want everybody to go out and eat and go to Disneyland. Let's boost this economy. Go buy an American car and say all that regular bullshit, right, to get things yes. back to normal. But there should be some people to blame for this because... Yeah, um, fucking Cheeto, man. <laughs> no, well, I don't know. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. If China started, no, Cheeto, 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 Trump. Oh, Cheeto. Cheeto. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, POTUS. I, I was know, kind of. I, I, I'll be respectful. You know, he's a president. No matter how much I disagree with that stuff, the president of the United States. Uh, he's a he's a the head of. Uh, he's responsible our, for all of our well-being. Yes. Yeah. So so therefore he slept on it, man. Yeah. 
I think it's gonna cost him the, the presidency. I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's done. Kick your ass right off, right? <laughs> Any better Dude, than this that. guy acts like he's running for office one of these days. <laughs> yeah. You know those people that don't do shit because 10, 20 years from now they're gonna be running for office and they're gonna pull up this podcast and be like, Frankie, <laughs> this is what Frankie <laughs> said. That uh, Jesus uh, hey, hey, Christ! Hey, hey. You uh, should have uh, known uh, this guy uh, like 10 years ago. I'll let or you, three days ago, yeah, where's I was drinking? Days, <laughs> I'll, I'll, let you, I'll, I'll let you sleep in the pool house, bro. <laughs> <laughs> When I'm there, <laughs> don't drink the water, you know. Fucking shit. There, get him in the faucet. <laughs> so I, I don't know about Cheetah, but I'm talking about the news and the way it's it changes from what they're telling you to what they're saying. You hear the news and they give you numbers and they gotta be accurate, right? Yes. Or also be held accountable for it. But they always have. A crazy doctor there. Well, let's go to Doctor Kaborkin here. What do you think, Doctor? And the doctor here's all he's all fucking wild. Like everybody fucking run, motherfuckers, this and that. And look, you heard it here, folks. You heard it here from this doctor, not from us. Don't hold us accountable. It was his expert opinion. But they always give you that fucking crazy side, and that's what fucking makes everybody panic. That's right. And, and then, you know, and you know, good example. House burns down. The guy goes out there. He goes, house burned down. We don't know why. What happened? They fucking find some crackhead. What do you think happened? No. Two guys are running. Two guys are running out with TVs holding a gun. So we, uh, it's a felony, uh, uh, fucking mass lottery shit. No, so no. and they get that news from the crackhead because they can't say it themselves they, because they, they'll be held accountable, they, right? They asked like five people, and the craziest only guy they play that guy, right? Right. right. And uh, I mean, it, it has that's content, cool. but <laughs> it does. And I think that's what they're doing madness. now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what they're doing now with the news. They're they're just finding the craziest person who fucking scared the shit out of you yes the news ain't saying it the fucking crazy people are to make, saying it to make more news yeah you know? if you didn't have that crazy person there and they were to just sit down and say okay these are the numbers these are statistics right yes this is what what uh the stars created to happen and this is what fucking you know uh Ojo did you know <laughs> you know if they were to have and Kukui, if they were to have all those numbers people would be like hey it's not that bad you mm-hmm. know Oh, elderly people should be watching out. I yes, agree because definitely. you know, but they should be watching out for a fucking El Cucuy too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> a good scare will fucking That's kill a fucking old person. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, they should because it's natural. They're not telling us anything different. If you look at the numbers, people our age don't fucking die from this. Yes. We're like a, like a point zero zero. You know, you had a better chance of winning the lottery than this. Well, I'm not I'm lying about that. That's not the case. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? Yes. That's what they should bring up. But they're not. They're scaring the shit out of everybody. And it's fucking up a... Uh, you have a 401k? I don't. Is that, shit, is that thing fucking you, dropped you know like what? 15 grand in the last... Well, actually, uh, I left it uh, like a conservative uh, investment since uh-huh. the last recession. Running for office on time. So, <laughs> so therefore, if I do take losses, they'll be very minute. Yeah, yeah. But I learned my lesson from the last time, you know, the last recession, you know. Yeah. Or, or oh, that hit, yeah. The that last hit. time the Republicans were in office. Yes. <laughs> that train is That's never right. late, guys. That's right. <laughs> One blunder after another, bro. Hey, man, yeah. you know, but... um. Uh, so it, it, it's that's a record that's going to keep playing itself over and over. Right. But, uh, you know, the, the one thing that's really, like, shocking to me is all these professional venues are closed, you know. Oh, yeah. Baseball, basketball. Uh, the fluffy show, man. Iglesias, yeah, yeah. They got postponed. You know, we, we right. don't got a tour with them. Uh, Alfred Robles and he posted that too. They got their their shows got postponed. You know, and that's when it really hits you. Like, wait a minute, like, like this for real? You know, <laughs> uh, on, a, on a positive note, <laughs> we're not positive. Like, you know, my kids' uh, sports guy canceled. You know, my son and daughter, their baseball and softball. So. Give him more time to work out. I thought you were going to say something different. So, so I spent the day eating, you know? 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say the Dwight Yoakam show still on. Thank God. <laughs> Kenny Rogers is coming good, on this show. It's a good thing I got my tight bow videos, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't go to the gym either because, uh, you know, people sweat all over the place. So I have a, a garage gym. So anybody wants to come over, $20. <laughs> $20. My, my wife asked me about the My wife's a, a gym rat. She goes, you think I'm, I'm okay going to the gym? I go, I think you're fine. I go, I go. Staying away from the gym is probably what's gonna kill you. Yeah. Go to the gym and stay as fucking healthy because it, it's not a, it's not killing anybody. At the, at the, right. Not that it's not there. Right. Not that it, you're more likely to you're probably more likely to get it there but than, than anywhere else. Hey, but they're the but every, everybody. Everybody's like, oh, Hulkamania and the fucking leaves the building. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, fucking. Most people at the gym are the healthiest people around. Exactly. Here, so. They're they're fucking kicking <laughs> the fuck out of it. They don't stand a chance. Yeah. That's a good point, bro. Yes, I told her, I go, you, you go ahead and go ahead and keep going. I go, it's not gonna fucking, you know, you gotta think, on you don't worry about this. <laughs> you gotta stay active, right? You, you, you can't lose your, your momentum. Whatever you're doing, like tomorrow, I'm filming. Tomorrow, I'm filming at the Vincent Price Art Museum. I'm filming a artist, Yolanda Gonzalez, and she's doing a. It's her art exhibit. It's about her family, 150 years of. Uh, of, of her family's legacy, they've been artists for 150 years. Oh, it's been right. five generations. What type of music do they play? No, she does paintings. Just paint. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. And um, they had to cancel the walkthrough. You know, they're gonna have it's the, the book signing for the most part. It's it's gonna be probably you know a more smaller, intimate book signing. But the walkthrough, having a bunch of guests come over, that's not gonna happen. But for us filming, it's kind of better because yes. now we have the whole museum. Now it's just like, Alexis. we don't have to worry. Yeah, we don't have to worry about, oh, this person, that person. It's just like, now it's just like, it works It, it works in our favor. Whatever angle you need, man. It works in our space, favor. Exactly. We have the space to ourselves, essentially. Yes. And the interviews are not going to be interrupted by somebody. Oh, Yolanda, come take a picture with me. Or let me pull you this way. So it's really, um, it's really keeping that momentum going and just like saying, hey, man, I'm still going to go out there and film. You know, I'm grateful yes. that the museum... You know, uh, Pilar, she's a director of the museum. I'm grateful that she's just like, you know what? The doors are going to be open for you guys. That's another documentary I'm working on. Yes. And it's just like, we got to keep this going. You know, granted, it's like, yeah, we're you got to limit certain things. Like I said, the book signing aspect of it. But the rest of it, we could still film. You know, it's a small group. Yes. You, you, you still got to keep going. You know, you still got to keep going. It's like like terrorism. The, the minute you react to it is when terrorism wins. Same True. thing with this. The minute you react to it. Fucking virus already won just by you reacting to it. Right. You gotta go about by your business yes. the same way, and and you know what? Let it fucking spread because they ain't gonna do nothing to you. You know, it's a, it's like everything else. It's like everything else. We we gotta roll with the fucking punches and stop being scared that's of this right. fucking that's thing, man. Yeah. That's that's a big part of being American. Yeah, that's right. like, you know yeah, what? Yeah, it's just yeah. like you gotta roll with the punches. We're over here talking about a virus and Joe. Dude, these guys fought in World War Two, bro. And he, like yeah. that was real panic. That's a yeah, real yeah. pandemonium right there. Very true, you know? man. Very true. Like, we gotta like, wear that with it. We gotta badge, soldier you know? up, bro. We gotta soldier <laughs> up. Seriously. <laughs> the virus comes in. We're canceling World War Two because of the virus. <laughs> yeah, that ain't gonna happen. What? We can't fight. We can't. He called this thing to a drive-by shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had World War Two and polio. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, you know, they had some real deal. You know, some real stuff. You know. Yeah, like the soldiers over there. You know, they got exposed to malaria and all that, and and it's just like, dude. You, you get on your bed for two weeks, you get better, you soldier up, and, you know, you're yes. back out where you're, you know, what your objective is. So True. You got to keep your objectives going. And, like, today I was just like, hell, yeah, I'm going to make this interview. Hell, yeah, I'm not going to just go home and play it safe or I'm going to cancel tomorrow's film shoot. You know, I was like, 
I'll cancel the big show, you know, where we're, we were expecting, you know, a yes. few hundred people and some footage by the news, but that stuff, yes, of course, hey, let's let's avoid big crowds. But yes. this kind of stuff, smaller groups, you got to do it. You know, like you were saying about your wife, you go to the gym, stay show healthy. Must, show must go on, man. The show oh, yeah. must go on. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing anything fucking different. I, 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 I try to go about my day, but my day's changing on me. You know, I, I told you guys, uh, you know, we, in the past we've gone through some shit, and not one thing has changed about my life. The last podcast I told you guys about how my daughter bought the cheap toilet paper because she couldn't find the regular one. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, this is like the one ply. Yes. She bought the one ply, and, and you wrap it three times, and it's still transparent. <laughs> That's how bad it is, dude. You need a, my, you need a manicure. To go <laughs> exactly. My fucking finger ripped through it. A la verga. Oh, and I'm no, like, chop it off, homie. Chop it off. Chop it off. That's time number one. Oh. Number two, it got me two days ago. So, um, um, I told you, all my, you know, my kids are all grown up. My daughter is working. My younger one's working. So I tell the wife, hey, you want to watch TV around noontime? And you know what that fucking means, right? <laughs> you know that? So I had the TV on. And she said, all right, cool. So we're sitting down around noontime with the, you know, in the bedroom. And I kind of close the door real slowly. And I fucking leave the news on. So we're watching the news and we're like, oh, man. Oh man! And <laughs> the coronavirus <laughs> cock blocked me. Oh, there was no way I was gonna score with that shit. I'm like, oh, yeah. coronavirus! <laughs> you win again! You win again! Well, <laughs> first I had to get a manicure, then I had to whack off on my salvage shit. And, and then you know the manicure for that. <laughs> So, so when the, so many manicures, the Chinese wand, right? <laughs> They're winning. Yeah, those guys are deep, man. I think that was a goal along. Let's, let's get these motherfuckers to manicure the shit out of their hands. True stories. True stories, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't believe it. I'll do a documentary with my wife. I'll get okay. her face all, all fuzzy so you can't see her face and shit. Uh. <laughs> oh man yeah man there's, uh, this panic is kind of outrageous man uh, you know like I said uh, I, I loaded up on water today and there was a madhouse that do close the doors you know because everybody's so crazy in there you know? one of those one of those, uh, those Chinese, wa- Chinese Chinese water yeah, Asian water stores you know like Asian cat oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so he closed the fucking doors man and, but me I'm a regular so I go hey, let me give you my bottles and I come pick them up later Yeah. so he did me a favor but he closed his doors because everybody just wedged in there with their bottles or trying to buy more bottles. Oh, damn. And he's like, wait, wait, back up. And people are just, no, I can't. You know, they're fucking arguing. And whatever happened to drinking tap water, bro? <laughs> what, happened? <laughs> what happened to back in the day? You know what, dude? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. You don't drink tap water, homie? <laughs> I'm okay drinking tap water if it comes down to it. But I would do it out of the water hose as opposed to La manguera, uh, yeah, yeah. Because it's got that manguera taste, and that's what I put. <laughs> you grew up? You took a cochina. I grew up with a manguera. I did too. 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 I you know, and then he touch like your, your wrist like a baby. No, taca le talaba. And then it gets cold, then you fucking drink it. And then it tastes like manguera. It doesn't taste like all the minerals and herbs and spices yeah. and shit, you know, that, that's, that's in there. But all I, the lead. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like, if it gets crazy, I'm going to have to rough it because I don't even drink Arrowhead, bro. He's got his poo's heated right now. His poo's at 73 degrees, right? It kills the germs. My house is, my house is it kills coronavirus. <laughs> 
<laughs> my house is 64. The kids are cold in there. Now you're pool 73. Fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah, man, so we're going to have to rough it, man. This shit keeps up, man. You know? I shit you now, bro. My nephew, you know, talking about, you know, the next generation. He's 16 years old at the time. We're out there throwing the football around, and he's like, you know, we're, you know it was during the summer. He's like, Uncle John, I'm going to go inside and get a water. And I'm like, drinking out from the manguera. Yeah. He was just like, you could do that? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at him, and I was just like, dude, my, my brother has spoiled you rotten, bro. Yeah. Oh, if you man. can't drink out the manguera, like, that's a survival skill. You know what I mean? If you can't do it, like, if your brain doesn't make those connections, like, come on, man. I like water. Thirsty. Water. <laughs> Isn't that just for the car? The car, <laughs> the car gets drunk from there. Right? Like, you put that green shit with this stuff, and then the car gets thirsty. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and, and they don't know it. Not that they're... He didn't say... It's it tastes ugly. He just fucking didn't know it. Right, at all, flat right? out. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, some bottled water and well, you know uh, it's been demonized for twenty years. You know, <laughs> but for a good reason. I think fucking uh, alley water is terrible. It's it is. No, terrible. yeah. I um I got family in uh, Colorado, a little place, uh, um, a little town, one hour east of Denver. So it's called Brush. Uh, population like under six thousand. And the only reason that place is there is because it's a big slaughterhouse there. And that's okay. what keeps everybody running. If that slaughterhouse went away, everybody would be gone. Yes. You could drink from the tap water, and it's the best water I ever had. Mountain better, water. Better than, than fucking any uh, bottled water I ever had, dude. And I pour it. I hold it up to, like, the window so the, the, the light shines through right. it. And I'm like, I can't see a speck of fucking... What you can see is, like, they didn't wash the cup, right? I go, I go this, this water has fingerprints. Oh, no, no. <laughs> It's, you know, it's from fucking Hawaii, but you drink it. I, I've had, you know, Gatorade and um, Awa de Coco when you're all hungover. I'll take that water there wow. any fucking day, dude. I had it, like, and and you're so close to the mountains, it's fucking cold. So you don't even got a refrigerator. That's, that's, like, that's like Big Burn. Yeah. Even in the summer, man, tap water, your fucking teeth hurt, you know? Oh, yeah. Cold as water, man. Yeah. Oh, fucking Pretty amazing. Good. Yeah, yeah. But um, LA water, fucking terrible shit, dude. Terrible fucking mm. shit, you know? And, I, and when I was younger, I tried drinking it, and it looked like squirt, and then all the fucking, the, the fucking <laughs> residue comes to the bottom, and you try to drink the top before you get to the bottom, you know? And I love that. Oh, that shit, dude. Yeah. We all grew up with that stuff, man. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, do you remember what age you stopped drinking tap water? Do you I might do it once in a while, but you're right. Like it's not, yeah. When's the last time you I say it's been a while. Early twenties. Early twenties. Uh, when I started, you know, like a full schedule, uh-huh. I started carrying bottled waters for everything because you know you're always on the move. Yeah, yeah. That's probably it. You know. Shit, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I probably hit everybody in their twenties, like because by then you know better too, and you got the <laughs> money, and you're like, you know, I could afford. You yeah. work, school, yeah. and I mean, it's just you know full t- full schedule, you know. That's probably the last time I did that, you know. All right. Hey, uh, what can you tell us about your, uh, what, the, the, no, the Feed Me Fridays? That's a cool name, by the way, Feed Me yes, Fridays. thank you, man. Who thought about that? Right here. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. All right. All right. Promotion. Yeah. Promotion, bro. Yeah. All right. Well, you had to, you know, it was just like, what am I going to do that's different? You know, and it was just like, damn, Feed Me Friday. Like, it just, you know, it just flows. And, um, yeah, I just got this opportunity. I had been working with, I'm going to give a shout-out to my homeboy, Fernando, Fernando's Comedy Show. I had been working with my buddy for, like, a year. He has a show out there in Long Beach at Sevillas. So, um, he gets these great comedians to perform, bro. You know, he's he's had Felipe Esparza there. He's had, um, 
it's just a matter of time before he gets like Paul Rodriguez and Fluffy and all those guys. He's he's an, he's a great host, great comedian. He does his thing. And I had a hookup. My buddy works at the Miller plant. Yes. So I get the employee discount. I get, you know, I get the Teamster discount. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You know, I get the Teamster discount. Hey, how about the Mrs. Mrs. Hold on, you guys got to hold my hand. Hold my hand up. Oh, my wife's gonna fucking love that fucking shit. The Mrs. Oh, is coming. Wow. <laughs> All right. We'll the team, the Teamster team, team right? Like the Raider and the Teamster the team. <laughs> So th- <laughs> thanks to my buddy Oscar, I was just like, dude, he was pretty much giving me the beer for free, you know, cases of beer. And I was just like, man, I got to sell these, bro. I got to make some profit. And at the studio, they were like, hey, let's put a comedy show together. And I was just like, yeah, I got, you know, I got the hookup with the booze. And yes. thanks to my buddy Fernando, I've got to meet all these great comedians. And it was just simply just networking and making phone calls. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? That, that's all it is. It's just like. Hey, we, we can we can put these shows together. You know, they run about an hour and a half, two hours, and and these comedians they understand. Like, look, it's ball heights, right? Like, I'm selling the beer for three bucks. I'm not selling it for five. Or if you guys go to comedy shows, if you go to the Laugh Factory, and it's a two drink minimum, they're ten bucks a drink. You know, fourteen if it's a mixed drink. Yes. And it's just like this is our community. We're gonna provide quality show. You know, inexpensive drinks and just have a good time. And it, and it kind of it just originated out of that, okay. you know. Like let's bring comedy, you know, to the hood. Yes. Because honestly, ten years ago, even five years ago, ain't nobody laughing at each other. I love what you guys are doing. I love what you guys. You guys are bringing everybody out, and we could finally. Everybody's, you know, we're we're breaking down these walls that we have about about each other. Yes. The machismo, the hey, don't disrespect me, dog. You know what I mean? All that bullshit that we grew up with. I mean, I mean, I know I grew up with that. The the labeling, like I yeah. hate how we separate each other. Yeah. Whether it's football teams, whether it's East Labor highs, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? The same shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or neighborhoods, anything. Everyone exactly. finds a thing to separate. Dark, light color, whatever. <laughs> you know, fat, skinny. There's always a people always find the reason to separate and divide. You know, like. It's true. Like, that's cool about comedy. Like, they just spread it to the madre, you know? So that's right, bro. It brings everybody together, you know? Like, you know, stick it to everybody, but that's how it brings everybody together. Yeah, and, and the, the feedback's been amazing, and it's cool because when I, I got Joel, Joel Cholo got to host one of our shows, and when I first saw Joel Cholo, he was just like the good Cholo, and I was just like, for me, it was still hard for me to even to buy into that, yeah. right? Because of my personal experience, I was still like, I don't know about this Vato, man. Like, ah, he's still trying to be something, but he's not. But Joe's an incredible comedian, man. He did an incredible job hosting the show. And it's just like, you really start buying into it. You really start believing in it. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, dude. You know, next time, once all this coronavirus shit passes, uh, have the show for you guys to come on down. And I put, I take a lot of pride in putting, you know, these comedians, putting the list together. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, dude. You know what, we, we try to go out and support as many, uh, a lot of our guests, we try to support as, as many as we yeah. can, but with uh, his schedule, and then we're doing the podcast on Friday, and then either he's performing somewhere, and or the kid stuff, it's it's hard too, but yeah. we try to get out there, and, and, and because, you know what, they made the effort to come here and sit down with us and bullshit with us for an hour, they drove all the way out here, hey, no, let's, let's, let's pay back, let's go out there, plus... It's a great fucking show for a two drink minimum. It's a it's a great fucking show. Yeah. You, you can't you can't beat the value. Yeah. 
yeah and we'll repost all your stuff and man you know like hey keep the movement going that's forward right, you know that's right respect that yeah. it's cool man um you know what we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back i run in you know all the games so they get the last game they give my game ball and they're like your game ball right and I'm like, no, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we're back, right? Yeah, we're yeah, back. no, no, finish the story. Game so, ball. So, yeah, so so my kid got the game ball. You know, he's, uh, he haven't given up a run all season. And so the coach like, it's your award, you know? And I go, no, 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 it's a team award. Oh, so okay. I had my son have all his teammates sign the ball. And the coach like, oh, you should let him have this moment. It's, it's his. Uh-huh. And I go, no, man, I don't want him to live to win awards. I want him to play the sport because he loves it, you know? Right. I don't want him to have highs and lows. I want him to just play, you know. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had a little thing with the coach on the side, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was always wanted to ask her, but like, what do you think? Like, like, should I let? I don't want my son to live for awards, you know, because to me, the sport means more than that. It should mean more than that. Well, it was his pitching, right? Well, yeah, but you still have to have nine, eight players on the bases, you know, <laughs> playing defense. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no, I, I agree. But if it was for his pitching, then. I would say you let him be recognized for it, you know? I would say that because, you know, when you're up on the mound, 95% of that is you. You know, the 5% is they get a hit and, you know, someone catches the ball. But I, I would say that was all him. I would, I would say let him have his moment. That's my thought. Well, well, you know, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? Uh, well, my professional opinion, because I had a softball team. <laughs> <laughs> my industry bombers, where you guys at? Uh, <laughs> I had a softball team and I was the pitcher. Yeah. And uh, damn, man, it's fun striking people out. It is, it's because uh, we're in the league in um, Pico Rivera. You guys have been to the Field of Dreams or not Field of Is it the Field of Dreams? Right here up on Azusa? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So over there, you're limited to what you can pitch, right? Like the height. It has to be like 12 feet max, whatever. Yes. So over there in uh, Pico, it's like unlimited. And it's amazing when you strike somebody out, bro. It's so much fun because, like, it's softball, boy. Yeah, it's just like, it's soft. <laughs> I always say, like, when I was over there at the league, like, at the Field of Dreams, I'm like, oh, man, I'm giving somebody a cookie. You know what I mean? Like, they're just going to, you know, everybody's cheating with the bats. They're all shaking yes. and shit. Over here, I was like, damn, I'm actually striking people out. It's a lot of fun. So, um, for the sake of shit just being fun, you should just let your son just have some fun and let him just appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Just let know- him just be like, yeah, dude. You did it. It was fun, and it's well, it's it's great just being acknowledged like well, that. Plus, plus, you gotta remember, it's his childhood. You gotta remember his childhood. Let's let's leave the life lessons to the actual fucking life lessons. Some work on them, but go ahead and strike them out. I mean, I think you separate the two. You know, uh, let him enjoy himself uh, in the field, uh, but fucking right. life lessons somewhere else. Uh, I would say. I don't know, man. Uh, I just think. Uh, I don't want them. Uh, I don't want them to have that uh, win at all cost mentality, because that creates more losers than winners, you know. Or cheaters like the Astros. Uh-oh. Because of that, and I say <laughs> Los pinchy Astros. Len- <laughs> hey, hey. Lencho, no Le- Lencho Armstrong, yeah. the Astros, Lencho. the Patriots, <laughs> the Red Sox, yeah. 2016 Trump, you know. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yo. It's all leading to a downfall, epic uh, downfall. If you say we won because we won, no matter what. Then that's a loser mentality, you know. Yeah. So like, uh, to me, like, to you, you play to 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 play the game to right. to enjoy it. You win, you lose, whatever, man. But you yeah. give it your best, you know. So that's what I'm trying to teach them: no highs, no lows. Just play, give it the best, and have fun, you know. So, so that's what I'm trying to teach because uh, 
I see some kids, they mess up, and they start crying. And oh, right, right. Dude, I cried in fucking high school, so I'm not going to blame that. <laughs> but I grew up with that. He's win. not lying. He's not lying. <laughs> I grew up with the win at all costs mentality. Wow. So in high school, I'll fuck up, and I'll go punch a wall, and, you know, and I didn't enjoy the game as much as I should have. Mm. So I, wanna, I don't want my kid to grow up with that. I want him to just give it his best, enjoy it, win or lose, or wow, you know. Like, okay. So, you know, uh, oh yeah, he, he's not like he was very uh, motivated. You know what to call it? Well, yeah, hey, and I'm over competitive. And you know what? Extremely so, competitive. I, I, I heard I think, people playing chess. You know, <laughs> checkers. I, you know, I, I think Frankie. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is the way I see it, Frankie. Don't take it the wrong way, but I think his drive was a hundred times stronger than his ability. Uh, okay. Nah, twice. <laughs> twice. Twice. You heard nah, me a little right nah. there. You say twice, and you think the, the master comes out to a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's a hundred, man. But I, I was thought that, that, that you worked really, really hard. You know, you yeah. worked really, really hard. That's cool. Uh, I'll take that. Oh, man. Okay, if you had that drive and you were black, you fucking be a fucking. <laughs> you <dude>. were. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. No, uh, it, it just. What sport are we talking about? Baseball too, or no, no? I played high school. Played uh, well, football and tennis. Okay, <laughs> but at the red, at the red parks, you know, play like baseball, basketball, right. soccer, you know. But you know what? Like you, I grew up with the wrong mentality. Yeah. I grew up at the, with the win at all costs, and sometimes it meant hurting somebody, <laughs> stepping on an ankle. You know, I have, like I can't, I can't some relate. dirty shit. You know, <laughs> I can't relate to. For me, I played soccer growing up. Yes, and for me, I left it all on the field. Everything. That was it. Like I didn't. My my competitiveness was just like if I played at my best, and I never injured nobody. Like what oh, you're man. talking about, nah, bro. I didn't play like that. He, I he, played he, clean. He, he hurt me once, <laughs> but go ahead. We're not yeah. talking about the rest. I, I try to play the sport as clean as I could, be as fast as I could, and just be knowledgeable about the game. And as long as I felt win or lose. If I felt I gave my best, because I did, yes. then I was just proud of myself, no matter what. My dad would be on the field screaming at me, yeah. Pinchy Johnny Cabron, you know what I mean? I hated when my dad showed up to my games. Uh-huh. I was just like, can my mom just show up? Because you know, <laughs> she doesn't scream at me. But um, I've always felt that way. But the competitive, when it came down to my brothers, then it was, you know, WrestleMania. It was on It was the whole bar, bro. Oh, it was yeah. just straight. The way you're talking about right now, you're like elbowing and you know, break like, and I, and I kind of, you know, I regret that now. You know, like I was just like, dude, why, why, why was I so competitive with my brothers? Then I, you know, my brothers were very competitive with me too. I was like, why couldn't it be that same philosophy I had when I was on the team? Like, all right, I'm just gonna do my best, and if I win, great, and if I don't, I'm still gonna feel good about myself. Yes, because at the end of the day, it's about feeling good about yourself. You know, about your effort. So see, yeah. that's what I'm trying to instill in my son's mind. Like don't don't do the highs and the lows, you know. Like right. be feel really high when you get a uh, game ball or they win a sick game, and then be all depressed, crying when they lose. You know, yeah. I want them to be even keel. You know, I think you're trying to avoid this the stuff you did so bad that you're going you're going way off to the other end. You know, well, I think there's a happy medium somewhere. I know I know the way you were as an athlete. That was just. Yes. That's, Fucking, what's going to be fucking elbow in the back, dog? And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? And he looks at me, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus Christ. And and, uh, uh, and I'm like, wow, that's as far as you go. I mean, we're fucking, you know, hurting the fucking friend. 
And then I guess that's what he has in him. And he's like, no, 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 I, I can't do that. I can't have my son be that way. So let me fucking throw a sharp right and go way to the other end. They go, oh, oh you don't got to go to the other end. There's a happy medium where you can be competitive yeah. and, and, and take credit for what you're doing without hurting anybody. And, and, and then uh, I'm also like, other parents are crazy, right? So every time, yeah, I, I, seen, yeah. every time my son does something like uh, like a sick play or something, I do the golf clap and I do the thumbs up like. Todo tranquilo, and, 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 and he already knows. He, he jogs up. He just do me a thumbs <laughs> up back, and it's done. You know, uh, a lot of parents are like yeah, you kick Those that. Are my parents, mijo, son. <laughs> or when they mess up, what the hell are you doing? You know. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm trying to be even keel, and I want them to be. Like level-headed throughout the game, so, so I mean that's the reason I'm, I tried doing that. But I'll see. You. I'll think about it. I mean, the fact that you already can control your emotions during his games is that's dope. Yeah, yeah. that's that's dope. Like, there's this movie Buffalo '66, where I rec- recommend you guys watch because it's about you know this kid, only child, both parents, but he was tormented by them because <laughs> they're so competitive, and he's from Buffalo. Oh. You know how Buffalo, the football oh, team, had that track. Was it four Super Bowls that they lost? Yes. So, it's cool because that movie, it goes into Buffalo City life about being poor and blue collar. But then it talks about his, you know, it gets into the parents who are just with the parents you're Hard talking knows, about. Yes. Super competitive, just super in your face. And it's just like, it, it almost ruined him. Yes, damn. You know, and it's just like, the fact that you're able to do that with your son, give him the thumbs up and be cool and collective. That's already dope. Yeah, we have, our, we have our own signs, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's And great. it's just like, like yeah. you know, so he goes, oh, every time he does something, like, sick, he just yeah. gives me a thumbs up that's, back and, like, cool, That's you know? great. If your son hasn't hurt anybody, he's doing better than you already. <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> right? Uh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> okay, right, you're doing a good job. Don't, take, don't, don't, don't take it too hey, far, right? Hey, hey, I even have yeah. coaching signs, bro. <laughs> Like, okay, now he's going like, far. Like, now he's like, going on top of the coach. Like, 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 like uh, I don't see you, nothing. You were going right. You're, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see right. nothing. Oh. Like, like, uh, position on the batter's box, according to the pitcher. Like, I do, like, three, two, like, position three, you know, and I'll choke up, you know, I'll be, like, three. <laughs> and he just take a peek, and I'm like... <laughs> That's and, cool though. That's dope. I don't That's scream cool. shit. I don't say nothing. No, you don't have to. That's the coach's job right there. Then now he's losing respect for his coach. He's looking <laughs> no, at you. I, I never he's gonna go to work with Daisy and be like, "Fuck the supervisor." I'll see what the manager has to say. And then get fucking fired because he never understood the chain of command. <laughs> the the chain, chain of command is there for a reason, Frankie. You gotta <laughs> let him respect that guy. I never say the coach sucks. I always say, you know, Listen keep to an me. eye out. I gotta do say, you know. I say, wait, get sorry. I'm your father. Have you seen my? Trophies. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, the stuff in the garage, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a trophy guy, man. So I throw everything in the garage, like whatever. I'm not a trophy guy either. I got well, one he trophy. Th- he doesn't throw them away. He throws them in the garage. Eh? <laughs> hey, they're up in the dark shop. I'm fucking with this guy. <laughs> I have a pillow next to him for the. <laughs> Once a week, you know, I go polish them. <laughs> no, that's a joke, man. But yeah, so yeah, so that's that's the purpose of that, you know. So I had all his teammates sign them, you know, and. But one of the coaches, like, he's like, no, it's his moment, and he, what are you doing to his moment? Like, hey, man, like, you know, team player, it's a team sport, you know, like. So, you know, we were going back and forth, man, but I don't think he agreed with me, you know. He's, he, he kind of, like, he's always, like, you know, he's uh, he's always building on my son, like, yeah, you did this and you did that. I'm like, hey, man, like, it's cool, you know, like, they're kids, you know. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm just a signal guy, like, yeah. <laughs> the okay, thumbs up, you know, or... You know, I mean, I just, I'm just trying to be that. All right, all right, all right. Uh, r- real quick, um, 
this weekend we were at uh, Frank's house for uh, your uh, daughter's birthday. Ninth, yes. And um, his cousin, his brother was there. And his brother's like, hey man, I like the way you give fucking Frankie shit for that, all that. <laughs> <laughs> call goes, him out all the Call time. him out all that fucking shit. Cause he, he goes, you know that fucking real dog. You fuck with him. And, and I was like, hallelujah. It was crazy. So right now he's talking about know, like. My little brother, my little brother used to fuck them up, man. <laughs> but now they all groom me. So if I play on anything, don't fuck me. Back, you know? so Carl, I, don't, oh, I don't play basketball against them, man. Don't fucking kill me, man. But when they were growing up, I knew they were going to be bigger than me. So I had to, I had to like punk them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Toughen them up a bit. Chain of command, bro. Chain of command. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Man, I got brothers that, you know, my older brothers, Paul and Greg, they're 10, 15 years older than me. <laughs> and um, Ball Heights, big backyard. My dad probably had like three, four beat-up cars in the back. <laughs> yeah. We had the most epic fucking brick rock fights. Oh, oh man, you know, yeah. I almost lost my life. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it was that bad. Damn. It was just like, we'll be hiding behind a car <laughs> and it was just like the bricks raining down. No way. You know what I mean? Douche. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. And I told my little brother, David, I was like, dude, we're going to die out here, dude. <laughs> You're hugging up. Yeah. I, love, I love you. I felt, I was just like, we're, they were teenagers. We were five and three. Shit. You know what I mean? We didn't stand a chance. We were just like, they're the ones, they're the hunters and we're the prey. I told my brother, my little brother, because he started crying. He's like, go get mom. And I was just like, I got to go through the alley and around the house. I'm going to go find her, you know, because you hear the bricks falling down on the roof of the car. Dude, you like, stay alive. Stay alive. You go, you run, you run to a paletero. They put a paleta You know, lick the paleta. You're like, what was they doing? <laughs> the paleta was like a break. <laughs> yeah, it was like a break. <laughs> Run around. Sure enough, dude. I'm like, I'm looking at the alley. I'm looking at like, I'm just going to do a beeline, bro. I'm just going to jam as fast as I can. I take off. Within like fucking five steps, here comes a rock right at me. Gets right here in my inner thigh. Oh, takes me out. Oh, takes man. man down. That hurts. I, Man, I've never screamed so loud in my life. I screamed so loud that my mom finally came out. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't come out with all the the, the bricks in the cars, but when she heard me scream, oh, man, she came out and thankfully, you know, she beat my brother, my both of them, beat them up. But, man, those were some rough times, bro. Yeah. Those were some real fear. Those are, yeah. Oh, really scared. <laughs> real shit. Scared of, you know, my brothers that we would watch. Those, I was a kid that we were watching The Exorcist. Freddy oh, Cougar. I'm like, man, I'm only four years old. I'm so all traumatized, man. You didn't sleep for years. Fuck no. I was, Shit, you know, man. the exorcist she gets possessed. I was just like, oh, oh no, it's just an earthquake. It's not a. You go, you go to your, you go watch the exorcist with your parents to the theater. And your mom's on your right, your dad's on your left, and they're like, we're gonna go get popcorn. They both leave, and you're there by yourself. What you think? I'm four. Four. I'm four. I need a hand to hold right now. Yeah. What the you, fuck? you know, because of the exorcist, man. Uh, Every time I got home and it was dark, I used to run to my house. We lived in a back house, you know, okay. there's no lights. So every time I'll get home, I'll look up the driveway and I fuck, man. So, you know, one, two, three, boat. <laughs> all the way to the door, the man. Boat, yeah. Because of the exorcist, man. Like, you thought it was really terrifying. Jump bro. at you from the fucking dark. You know what? That movie was, was scary for two different reasons. It was scary because it was a scary, scary fucking movie. 
But we grew up Catholic. Religious. And that, okay. that, that right, fucking right. religious angle. Right. Adds a little extra to it. No, no. Yes. I, I, for me, it added a lot more. <laughs> yeah. you know? My mom was very religious growing yeah. up. And all that shit, you know, she goes, yeah, that... That movie's doing is called the the Padre Four Thousand, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that cross that cross he's holding is the bottle four. I go, really, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He should have brought his holy water squirt gun to help him with his with his Amy. Really, mom, is that what's happening? You know, and and, and, and that's why it scared me because Man. you related to all that shit. And growing up, your parents told you, oh, that's real. And you're like, oh, motherfucker. That movie fucked me up for years. Oh, man. yeah, yeah. And it still fucks you up. It was, you see the little girl's face and you're like, oh, I don't want to look at it. You're right, right? It still gives you goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude. Blair, dude. Play it off better, right? But it still gives you goosebumps. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you want to get away from a DUI, put that on your driver's license, give it to the cop. <laughs> oh, go ahead, sir. <laughs> dude, I don't I'm going to tell you to look at your fucking driver's license. Uh, yeah. So, we're getting uh, close to the end of the show. Uh, I'm burping. I had some cerveza. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, John, you got any uh, any shout-outs, any uh, shows coming up, anything you want to mention before we uh, end the show? Yeah, as of right now, you know, fortunately, we've postponed the April 19th, uh, 19th event. But this Saturday, um, I am working on a new documentary with Yolanda, it's called the Sueño de Familia, Dream of Family. It's about her family legacy that expands 150 years of artists, five generations of artists. Wow. And um, I'm very fortunate and blessed to be in this situation. These artists, the artists, you know, you, we're going from artists to war veterans and they all have incredible stories to tell. Yes. You know, I think I'm somebody that um, if there's a story there, I just go for it. You know, and it's 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 exciting what's going to be coming out, and but it takes the community. Yes. You know, it's going to take the community to fundraise for Joe's uh, Joe's documentary, and I really want the community involved with uh, Yolanda's project. You know, she's an incredible artist. She's traveled around the world. Like I said, she's been to Japan, Russia, Mexico City, showing her artwork, and she's a proud Chicana. Yes. You know, she's a super proud Chicana. She's proud of being a female, of being a woman female empowerment and she's a lot of fun and she's real funny you know and, and it's one of those things where we need to get these stories out you yes because it's about it's about our latino community coming out and like oh man we are inspiring we are motivating we are we do have a history that within our own american culture you know and i'm just excited about those two projects that i'm working right now okay all right all right Frankie, you got anything coming up? Any shows? Well, or uh, are, they, are they so far out you want to mention them yet? Yeah, well, the main one is uh, the May 12th opening up for Alfred Robles at the Ontario Improv. But it's uh, it's so far off, I think we should be able to clear the coronavirus mess. <laughs> like I said, unless it mutates. Unless <laughs> <laughs> it evolves. Then I'll be selling water anybody. <laughs> <laughs> or Bring we'll your be, bucket. Or we'll be stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but... Uh, and uh, anything else I'll post because I'm just uh, hitting on people for spots here and there, you know, just to stay busy. But the coronavirus really, like, put a hamper on a lot of stuff, you know. Feed them Friday, bro. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Hey, I'm Let's in, man. It. I'm That's in, right. Man. That's right. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep everybody posted. And, and 
uh, uh, um, uh, you got me for a hundred dollars, man. I'll, yeah, I'll put it we on got the you hooked for a project. Bucks. Hey, I'm, I'm Thank in, you, man. Brother. Appreciate and I'll it. see what else I, I can hit up people, man, because it's an amazing project, man. Thank, Thank you. you for bringing those stories out, man. You know. Thank you. Appreciate and, that. Um, I gotta talk to my wife about the teamster about the hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean, I think she'll be okay if I spend it on beer. If you have a fundraiser, I'll drink a hundred dollars worth of beer. Oh, uh, that's But cool just too. straight out with no receipt, she's no, gonna. Uh, she's one of those. Uh, uh, hefty teamsters, you know, you know <laughs> break a duck or something, no? <laughs> All right, guys, uh, um, we're done with this show today, uh, Frankie. A la verga. We're That's done. it, vámonos, man. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We're out. Peace. All right.